This economic report is sponsored by Rick Kelb, Wealth Management Advisor with Northwestern Mutual since 1983 on Spring Street, Nevada City at rickkelb.com. Well, Kerry, what happened uh, to GDP in, in the third quarter of uh, 2021? The data that I've seen that was released last week indicated the economy was only growing at a 2% annual rate. Paul, the um, preliminary or advanced third quarter GDP number that was published last week was the, the first of several estimates for the third quarter um, that we'll get from the Bureau of Economic Analysis. Um, you know, and, and GDP will re- be revised in the coming months as more data and more complete data are available that helps them calculate a more accurate estimate of real or inflation-adjusted output for the economy. And as you indicated, Paul, that preliminary GDP number showed that the economy had slowed dramatically from expanding at more than a, or about a 6% annual rate in the second quarter of the year, or I'm sorry, in the second quarter of the year and the first half of the year. Um, it fell to, down to only 2% annual rate in the third quarter. So it uh, was a pretty <laughs> rapid or noticeable decline in growth rates. Okay, putting this in perspective, how fast should the economy be growing over time? I mean, 6% sounds high, and just how low is 2%? This is what we had. Do you think the slower growth rate suggests we should be worried about the economy slipping back into another recession? Paul, the 6% growth rate is extremely high for the U.S. economy and was not expected to continue as it mostly reflects the fact that the economy had still been rebounding rapidly from the very deep 2020 COVID recession. Still many forecasts for the third quarter were expecting growth at close to 3%, you know, 2.7, 2.8% annual growth rate. You know, we might also look at, you know, for a perspective, the Fed policymakers' estimates of the growth rate for the economy in the long run with an appropriate monetary policy with full employment and about a 2% inflation rate. You know, their long-run growth estimate is, you know, 1.8 to 2% annual rate. So essentially the same you know, ballpark as the preliminary third quarter growth rate of 2%. So the, you know, the third quarter GDP growth rate was slower and certainly lower than expected, but not terrible. You know, similar to you know what we might get long run. Oh, Gary, uh, what are some of the reasons that economists think the economic growth rate slowed in the third quarter compared to rapid growth in the first half of 2021? Well, Paul, there are a significant number of factors that likely slowed economic growth in July, August, and September compared to the first half of 2021. Um, and one bit of good news is that so far the October numbers are actually looking better. But in terms of why things slowed down, um, I would say first and most important would be the resurgence of COVID with the uh, Delta variant that clearly disrupted the economy in the third quarter, keeping workers at home, hurting important sectors of the economy. And then with, you know, we also had a, a sort of a change in spending patterns um, with COVID and the efforts to avoid COVID. Many, many folks have changed their spending away from services and travel and restaurants and bars and increased their spending on goods or you know, housing <laughs> repairs and you know, so forth. Uh, unfortunately, this domestic production and labor markets and imported goods production haven't been able to keep pace with that increased demand for for goods as people shifted away from services. 
you know, and you combine that with emerging labor market shortages, you know, looks like several million workers have left the labor force and, you know, workers are quitting and changing jobs at a rapid pace. So we've got some, you know, experience issues here. And we've now seen, you know, significant supply chain disruptions in the third quarter, most notably, you can see it with the ships backed up in the major ports and, you know, slowed consumption and investment spending. Gary, could you give us an example of a supply chain disruption and describe ways it has affected the economy? One of the most important examples might of a supply chain disruption might be looking at the impact on the economy caused by the supply disruptions like the computer chip shortage, which limited new car production and sales, and that reduced consumption spending and GDP growth. Um, and then with the limited supply of new cars, used car car prices soared. And you got higher used car prices. That that added to you know an important source of you know, the recent um, spike in, in consumer inflation numbers. So you know it, it's worked its way through the economy in a in a number of ways. Gary, since you brought up inflation, let me ask: growth of the economy slowed, yet the inflation numbers are running about double the Fed's inflation goal. Uh, what's happening here? Yes, the Fed's preferred overall inflation measure, the personal expenditure price index, continues to run well above the Fed's 2% inflation goal. As of September, this measure of inflation was rising at a 4.4% annual rate over the prior 12 months. It take one a longer period to get a, a you know, because there's a lot of variability in the month-to-month numbers. Um, you know, what's going on here, we've got forces like supply shortages, rising wages and labor costs, higher energy prices, you know, also in there. And all of these have worked to at least temporarily drive up the overall inflation index. Um, still, as of the September 22nd um, projections from the Fed policymakers, they were expecting that while the 2021 inflation rate um, you know, is is in the same ballpark as that 4.4 number, they were expecting 2021 inflation um, to be about 4.2%. So, you know, the expected PCE inflation rate that they see for 20, uh, 2022 and 2023, you know, drops down to about 2.2%. So it's, you know, much closer to the Fed's 2% inflation goal. Um, so, it, you know, they're looking at this, uh, at least they were in September, as a, a temporary spike in inflation. So bottom line is the economy is still expanding. That's positive. The expected temporary supply chain disruptions associated with COVID and production processes have likely contributed at least to a temporary spike in inflation rather uh, than the start of a permanent surge in inflation, inflation expectations. Gary, one more question. The Fed is meeting this week. Uh, Are we likely to see any policy changes after the meeting ends on Wednesday? Paul, I think there's a very good chance that Fed policymakers will announce either in November or the December meeting that they'll start reducing their monthly bond purchases that are designed to lower long-term interest rates and, and boost the growth of the economy as it you know, recovers from the pandemic. Um, this would be the first step um, in the process before they start raising short-term interest rates, which could happen you know, maybe middle or late next year. Um, you know, this would happen as they're you know, trying to remove the monetary policy sim- stimulus that was designed to help the economy recover as it gets you know, closer to full employment, um, and also to protect against you know rising inflation uh, to, to slow down the 
possible inflationary pressures um, if it lasts longer than they think. So, you know, we're, there'll be some very interesting debates and discussions about growth, inflation, interest rates, and the health of the economy at the Fed meeting this week uh, before that decision is made. And we'll we'll know on Wednesday after the meeting when the Fed chair, Jay Powell, makes his, uh, does his press conference and discusses what was done at the meeting. Well, lots of information, Gary. <laughs> Thank you so much for filling our heads with all this really important <laughs> stuff. A lot of things to think about. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Paul. Thank you. Gary Zimmerman is a retired senior economist for the San Francisco Reserve in San Francisco and currently is a visiting professor at the Vienna University of Economics and Business in Austria, where he teaches courses in economics and finance.